This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. One of the biggest shows in show history. You've heard of the Eagles making a reunion tour. We saw Michael come back after a triumphant trio of championships. We've seen Brady return from the depths of injury to win Super Bowls. Folks, on that level, we're today seeing Jesse Rhodes Gibson, the man, the myth, the scholar. Some would say the legend. I wouldn't say that. I don't want to go too far building it up, so I wouldn't say legend. Jesse's back. Oh my God, I'm back again. <laughs> Brother, sisters, everybody saying. You've got the energy today. I'm, you're excited. I just, I'm I was not, so excited to be is back, Is that our guys. first Backstreet Boys drop in the show? Is and it that, won't be the last. It's it won't be. Uh, to ask your wife. She knows. I can't because if it's not in sync, she's, she's got a little crush on Justin. <laughs> Wait, in it's trouble. Backstreet's back. It's got to be Backstreet oh, Boys. Oh, there you go. Jesse's back. All right. That's deductive reasoning right there. Um, I'm going to tell you right now. People were fans of Christina, liked the show. Yep. However, overwhelming people telling me how terrible this show is without you. <laughs> <laughs> because of me, her, anybody. Doesn't matter. I, without you. I think you. the consensus was not that it was a bad show. It was just no. there just was a overall. lot of love for oh. for me and for the, the banter that we provide. And guys, I got to say, I don't know what cured my illness. I don't want to say it was the medicine. But as I read those comments, it was 100% you guys. Sure. So I do know, and it was you, and only that, and not medicine. So thank you, people, the general audience, for the love and support. It really helped. So here I am today. I did not have COVID for all the people asking. Uh, no I cocoa. Multiple tests, uh, but they didn't know what it was. I'll tell you this much. When the lady jams the stick up your nose so hard to make your nose bleed... It'll really make you wish you don't have cocoa. And I didn't. Um, I did. Uh, I'm, I'm on some steroid. I'm also on some antibiotics. You're getting jacked. They're basically just saying, do you just take all this? You're going to get better. And I feel 100%. I am also down like four or five pounds right now. The the sick not, the sickness diet. Who can't say enough about it. You're living the dream. Really 100% pro. I love I love being back. This is great. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm fine. I have been sleeping most of the weekend, me and my wife, both under the weather, not COVID either. Uh, yeah. 
A lot of sleeping, a lot of laying around. Why are we all getting, why are we getting sick? We haven't even been around each other. That's true. That's, that's what's funny, actually. The first time we all get sick, we're not even around. Yeah. That's enough. Nobody is here to listen to us talk. Although, based on the response of the last shows, everybody's here to listen to us talk. Exactly. Let's jump right into big <laughs> picture. That's your cue to say it. Well, I didn't know if you wanted to do a rundown of what we're going to talk about the entire show. You know how we do a rundown? We're going to do a little NFL young and old. we got some recent news. And yep. like I said, a couple, when we were in Florida, I had announced, hey, we want to start doing some more of the vintage comparisons. Who do we think are kind of standing out as vintage? We're going to talk about some of that. We even snuck in some NBA. WADA news. <laughs> a lot of WADA. Yeah, a lot of bullcrap with WADA and Heritage Auction is what yeah. I'm, I'm seeing. So it we'll makes talk me about very that. upset. Um, little Mbappe, Ronaldo. Not Mbappe. Who's the um, dude who just left him? Uh, Ronaldo. Oh, Messi. Messi yes. and Ronaldo both switched teams. Mm-hmm. Correct, Ronick? Ronick, you're the soccer man. Don't let us down. Yeah, they both left. Okay. There's rumors that Mbappe is going to leave too, but it's rumors. That's what it was. There's a rumor that he's going to the same team with uh, Messi, Messi, right? No, he's on Messi's team right now. There's rumors he's going to go to Real Madrid. Oh, okay. Interesting. We're going to break down the HBO Real Sports thing we were a part of last week. Uh, we got a, an announcement from Collectible. It's not really an announcement. It's days later now. Uh, mailbag. That's about it. I mean, we get some other crap to mix in. Okay. Jesse? <sighs> feels so good to be back. It feels Big nice. picture. I would love to be negative. I can't even do it today. <laughs> all right. NFL news, young and old. First of all, the Deshaun Watson trade talk is heating up. Deshaun to Miami. I texted Giardi today. I'm sure you saw this. I did. NFL insider. NFL network insider, should I say. I felt bad um, when I saw it. Yeah, they're thinking of him, but I don't know how they're going to pull off the deal. You know, again, because of possible suspensions, different things, and the Texans aren't willing to bend too much on the asking price. So I'll be honest, it seems to me like this trade is not happening. It seems like there's a lot of concessions that would need to be made, and there's such a risk to them if they get him and then he's suspended for whatever reason he can't play. That's, yeah. Not to mention the risk that I'm going to take because of my Tua exposure. I've been buying Tua's like a maniac. (laughs) Yep. Um, I'm still high on Tua. I, I just don't, I can't imagine a team pulls a trigger on him this year. And then quite frankly, even if Miami does, if Tua is not involved in the trade, which I don't think he would be, although maybe he would, I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much. Either way, I'm sticking with Tua. I just think he's going to have a good career. So I know there was a bunch of panic in the Facebook group and our emails. How do you feel about Tua? I still feel good. I don't think anybody's reaching this year, especially the Dolphins. I don't think they're going to make a big jump and forfeit a bunch of picks for Deshaun. So what happens to Tua if that did happen? You know, if it does happen and he gets traded, one of two things. Either he's involved in the trade or he's not, right? If he's involved in the trade, he goes to Houston, he's automatically the starter. Is that good? I mean, that's a pretty weak offensive team. Mm-hmm. I still think he's going to play well, though, no matter where he goes. Um, so I don't I don't think it's dead that if that happens. Absolute worst case scenario, he's not traded. Deshaun goes there, somehow avoids all the suspension, and Tua just becomes a backup. That would crush my minuscule hopes and dreams. I don't think it's happening. I am banking on the fact Tua is going to play. I'm still holding Tua until about halfway point in the season. I think he's going to have a hot start. Week scheduled to start. I, I like Tua. So okay. I'm not overreacting. Um, other news, J.K. Dobbins, do you have his injury? I know he got hurt this week. Uh, it's not good. They're, they're calling it worst case scenario. MRIs confirming that basically he suffered a season-ending torn ACL. So he is done. That stinks. Yeah. That's tough for Baltimore in general. I mean, it stinks for that. He's a young kid. He looked pretty good last year. Promising future. Hopefully recovers. I mean, that's miserable. Um, in terms of card market, you know, again, that's a guy. It's not like his stuff was like spiking. We had some DK guys reach out. Baltimore fans. Hey, what do we do? Don't do anything. Just hold your stuff. See what he does when he comes back. I mean, 
you know, what else do you do? Sell for pennies on the dollar? I don't think that's the smartest thing to do. I would just hold and wait and see what happens. Um, and I'm still high on Lamar Jackson. I, I, I am not going crazy with Lamar. I am trying to pick up a few things. I think Lamar's going to have a really, really good season. I think Sammy Watkins being there, a healthy Hollywood Brown being there. I like Baltimore, and I'm not overly impressed with that division. So I, I think that team could win 10, 12 games again this year. And I'm, I honestly think he might sneak back into the MVP discussion. Your thoughts on Lamar Jackson, Jesse? Um, no, I was actually, I, we kind of jumped from J.K. Dobbins really quick, and I was just uh, going to say, it's looking like his rookie is going somewhere around like $50. Does that sound right? For a for PSA 10? Prism? Uh, for his 2020 Panini uh, Mosaic. PSA 10 Mosaic base? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Like I said, he was already relatively cheap. That's why I, I just just hold his stuff. Well, the reason I was looking it up was just because it's like, yeah, if he's going to be low cost already, I mean, you don't want to sell it for much more than that. So, um, yeah, 50 oh, bucks is not a... I'm going to repeat what I said. I well, it. that was the point I was making. You're back in and the saddle. You just... <laughs> I have been so nice to you the last week. I know. It's Calling, so weird. Text message showing concern. Just to ask how I am. And I then I'm waiting for you to get on here so I can just I was yeah. honestly gonna cancel all the content and just rip you apart. Here's, here's the top ten reasons why I hate you. Go on. How dare you? Um that's it. I mean, there's other compelling stories. You know, they were talking to an ESPN Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's something to keep an eye on if, if Trey Lance gets the nod to start. Mm-hmm. I don't think he will, but either way, I think he plays there because Jimmy G is going to get hurt. And if you are a Jimmy G guy, the second you see any positive movement, I'm out. I just don't think he's going to stay healthy for a season if he even gets to start in the first place. Um, and I think Trey Lance has looked good. That's a talented team. I think that's the best situation. I don't think he's the best rookie quarterback, but I do think that's the best situation. So I did see right before the show that I saw something about the Bears looking to trade Nick Foles. Thoughts on that? Don't care. Yeah, he's not going to play, start, do anything. So I didn't even know Nick Foles was with the Bears. I'll be honest with you. Okay. Andy Dalton. St- now, they did name Andy Dalton the starter, which again, if you're a Justin Fields guy, no surprise. I think they were planning on starting him the first few weeks anyways. If Fields gets a shot, you'll see a nice spike in price. But uh, Fields looked really good in the postseason, uh, preseason. So yep. I like Justin Fields. Jesse likes Justin Fields. Everybody I likes do. Justin Fields. So I, I'm high on Justin Fields. Um, okay. I'm high on life. So Well, speaking of what we're high on, let's talk about vintage. Let's talk about some old dudes. I want right. to because I feel like value is, vin- is in vintage. It's. Just because it's so undervalued. I feel like there's such a good investment there. So we put out the the call to action. We said, hey, we want some vintage guys. We did it in the Facebook group. Who are some guys you, you are cons- curious about vintage-wise? So we're going to do that. Mostly NFL. We'll throw in a couple NBA guys. Marino and Elway, both out of the 1984 Tops set. What do you have for those guys? Again, courtesy of Card Ladder. Yes. Yep. Uh, so they obviously have a couple cards. Um, the one that's the ones that came up for Elway uh, specifically was the 84 tops um, and the 84 tops Marino uh, PSA 10s. Yeah. Yep. Do you so, have the, do they have the 9.5 in there from Beckett or just the PSA 10? Uh, let me check. Uh, we've got PSA nines and eights for Elway and Marino has a PSA nine. So no. Okay. So let's do PSA 10 PSA nine. Give me give me Elway first. Value and pop, PSA 10, PSA 9. John Elway, card 63, pop 178 for the PSA 10. Current value 2000. Oh my goodness, you are way off. so far off. Really? I don't even know. I have no way, idea. Way, way, way. I'm way Almost, low. You were way low. Almost 7,000. 7, Is it really? It's $6,900 right now. What's the chart look like on that thing? 
Can you go back two years? Yeah, I'm on the two year chart, actually. I want pre-Coco. So pre-Coco, um, let's call it mm, let's call it February. Can of we name a segment Coco? I like how you said that. <laughs> Pre-Coco. Coco. Also, you know what else I'd like? Here's my challenge on Thursday's show. Let's hear I'd it. like you to naturally work into the conversation. Backstreet Boys lyrics again. <laughs> Everybody's saying uh, that I could do that. Yeah. Backstreet. Backstreet's Is that back a already. song? I was just working in the lyrics from Backstreet Boy, the Backstreet Back song, because that's the only one I've got in my head currently. I'd rather do NSYNC. All right. So two years ago. So two years ago, <laughs> February of 2020, we're looking at about $2,000 for this card. Pre-Coco, two grand. You got it. What's the absolute spike on this beast? Did it hit 10? Absolute spike. Oh, my goodness. You were so under on it. See, that's the thing. I think a lot of people, I think you are just like a lot of the general audience as far as underestimating. Was the spike end of 2020? Uh, no, it was February 2021 this okay. year. Which makes sense. Okay. What was the spike? All time high. $19,250. Gross. So you're telling me high. it's about a third of the price. Let's call it 33% of the price yes. right now to then. Now, For a pop under 200. To be and to be clear too, this was that was not the only high point. So between January and let's call it the end of uh, February. So about that two month range, this sold multiple times ranging between like 13,000 and about $20,000. So it wasn't just an isolated event. Now mix it up now. Hang on. Give me the Merino PSA 10. Then let's go apples to apples before we do the nines. So Merino, do you have, you want to throw a guess at the pop is 383. So about double or so 4,000 right now. Yeah, I mean, you just nailed it 100%. Yeah, Did it? 3997 okay. is what it last sold for. So double the pop, a little more than half the value. What's the, what was the pre-COVID January, February-ish of 2020? So we're looking at 1100 1, Okay, 1100 Yep. All-time high? All-time high hit 10K in February. So and it's got the very similar spike pattern as far as when it went up. It was a similar price when it was before Coco. And we're seeing a similar price now. I I think these are very comparable cards. Yeah. So comparable is what you meant to say. There. You can say it either way, actually. I talked to Roderick about this. Our, our <laughs> friend. I call him. Anytime you're, I have allowed a say, you're allowed to say it either way? Okay. Yep. I feel um, smart. Here's the thing. So we always see the comparison. That's what the questions were. Either or. I like both at this point. I honestly think this is kind of that new floor. Yes, it's, it's four times higher than they were pre-COVID or three and a half times. But we're talking less than a... Th- about a third, call it, of the all-time high. Yes. Yeah. I Now, oh, of the two, obviously Elway's going to cost you more. I'm going with Elway. I just, Elway with the championship rings, I think almost everybody has him higher rated than Marino because he didn't win rings. Yeah. Elway's still involved as the president or whatever he is in Denver. I like either one, though. If you're a collector, you want to go after either. I think, I've, I've kind of been fairly consistent the last few weeks with this, too. I think we're at the floor. If you want to get in on this card, do it. What I think would be interesting is finding their nine five rookies, like especially true gems. That gap lately in PSA to BGS, or all the way around BGS to PSA. Like if you're telling me I could get a BGS nine five with all nine five subgrades or an SGC ten of Elway mm-hmm. for for way way less than a PSA ten, I'd be you're honest, I'd probably get it buy and it. Try and crack it. I wouldn't even try and crack it. I just think there's better value there. I think those. I think SGC is the brand that's going to keep rising, like I always talk about. So. I'm not mad, but yeah, I, I just think if you're getting in on either one of these cards, all-time, long-term holds, I love them both. I, I give the nod to Elway. That was kind of a comparison there. 
Yeah, I would say based on the price, the selling chart, it's still pretty actively sold card. I mean, at least a couple of times or more than a couple, I'd say like five, six times a month, this card's being sold. Um, it definitely looks, you know, as it stands now, this card may have bottomed out um, from because it's all time peak. Like we said, it was February. It looks like it may have bottomed out at end of June at about thirty three hundred dollars. Um, and again, like we said, right now it's selling for about 4,000, which is oh, actually down the Marino. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. Back. We're still on the Marino. So, so it's on the uptick already, but yeah, but it's not like it's three X or anything crazy. It's up a little Correct. bit. Correct. Yep. Okay. Uh, real quick. Give me the PSA nine stats on both those guys. Sure. Um, let's go back to the Elway. So Elway PSA nine. I'm really trying to think of all the Backstreet Boys songs. <laughs> they got to have a bunch, right? They got it. They, I mean, we lived it. I know. Ronick they does, do. Ronick doesn't even know about them too. young. Ronick just start posting uh, Backstreet Boy lyrics in the chat. Ronick, Thank were you. the Backstreet Boys a thing when you were in school? They couldn't have been. How old is Ronick? When I was young, they were just like starting to not be popular, but what about Britney Spears? Oh yeah. She was big. Oh my goodness. Don't you know that you're toxic? That was the big debate when me and Jesse were in middle school. Christina <laughs> or Britney. I remember those debates. Was, hey, now. MTV had all the top charts. I love it. What we was that show back. with all the shows? Uh, all TRL, the songs? baby. TRL, that's right. <laughs> you know what? Um, Scratch the program. Yeah, we're going we're 90s <laughs> cultural or 2000, early, 2000s early 2000s cultural 2000s. references. Oh, Rolling Stone magazine had all the Taking best. Taking Back Sunday, covers. my first emo punk record I ever bought. Loved it. My mom, not as thrilled. Was it graded 9 or 10? Sports. Yeah, my water. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. All right, give me the PSA 9 stats. All right, PSA 9. Three hours show today, at, folks. Yeah. Jesse's back. Elway. Yep. Elway is looking at 2,500 pop count, currently selling at $500. Not terrible. Under 10% of the PSA 10. Okay. Yeah. What's, what's Danny Boy? So I find this a little bit more interesting. So Danny is at... 4,300, uh, I'm sorry, 3,600 3, for pop count, okay. 4,000, uh, I'm sorry, $430. Sorry, my math is all screwed up. But the reason why it's throwing me off is because that's uh, a 10%, uh, 10% of what his PSA 10 is going for. There's a larger disparity there than on the uh, on the Elway card. Elway 7,000 down to 500. That's less than 10%. No, no, no. I'm saying uh, that's what I mean. Yeah, there's larger disparity on the Elway. You like the uh, Elway from the Biden. PSA 10. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, 2,500 too is not like an egregious population. So. No, that's the thing. I'm, and that's affordable. Now, give me this though. What's their? Give me the real quick. Just with Elway, I'm, we're done with Marino. Then all-time high and pre-COVID price. I'm curious what these are. On the PSA nines. You're Pre-COVID, at- I'm going to say a buck fifty. Uh yeah, that's rough. That's that's okay. about right. Yeah, one one fifty one sixty. Five hundred right now. Uh, it is currently five hundred. Okay, and, and in like, February, like everything else, it popped eighteen hundred, fourteen hundred. Yeah, I like I like both Elways. Then I don't I don't mind either Marino. I like Elway a little bit better, and I also like Elway's staying power a little bit better. So if this was like one of your guys, I'm taking one quarterback card to throw away long term PC, hold it forever. Um, Elway. I like both those guys. Yeah, but I like Elway better. Yep. All right. We've talked about Jim Brown before. I don't want to get into this too much. If you have a PSA 7 or PSA 8 Jim Brown, I want to buy it. I think Jim Browns are so unbelievably cheap. So a PSA 8 Jim Brown just closed at auction like two weeks ago for like 26-ish, 26,000. The population, do you have the pop on a PSA 8? It's stupid low. Uh, PSA 8, 198. It's not, I'd, honestly, I would have thought lower. 
Yeah, I am all in on him. My PSA 5 is still sitting around the $3,200 range. Um, you want a PSA 7? Is that what you're saying? Now, I have a PSA 5. The PSA 7 is the one I want to talk about for just a minute. Again, a little bit more expensive. Throw me the pop count and value on the PSA 7, if you would. Pop count, 485. Yep. Current value is about... 6,500, right? PSA 7? Yep. Dude, when was the last time you checked these? 13,000. Oh, I'm thinking PSA 6. 13,200. PSA 6 is 6,500. Okay. So... I just think it's weird that a PSA 7, there's usually more of a jump. I don't. I like both of those for buy prices, and they're both up historically, but not compared to his all-time spike. Point being, I'm all in on Jim Brown. It is interesting to note as far as like current prices, he has had a little bit of a bump in price uh, in the month of August. So hmm. let's say for PSA 7, early August, that card sold for 5400 and now it's selling for 13000 I mean, sheesh, <laughs> there's like, okay, it's I'm a, out on the seven. I take it back. Yeah. There, is it real? Cause the PSA eight went from like eight, 70, 80,000 on a couple all the way down to 30. Yeah. I mean, and okay. So granted that 5,400 was a low, but it also had two sales of 7,500, um, in that time period as well. So, but like I said, it had a huge jump. I just, uh, a buddy of mine just said, do you have a podcast on the ringer? Well, I mean, the <laughs> nope. name is on there. So no. I don't want to be critical, but don't look it up. Not a lot of Mike Giuseffi's who talk like <laughs> I do. Um, I just had a guy offer me an SGC seven for sixty five hundred bucks. Uh, take now. It. I'm curious. Take that. I don't know. Because I mean, even I'm, still sixty seven hundred. That's still lower than what it was. The other two sales at seventy five. But that would be more comparable to a PSA six. What's your PSA six stat? Uh, PSA six is pop count was seven hundred seventy seven. It last sold for $6,200 um, yesterday. That jumped because the last few sales before that were... They were like 4500 right? Well, 5000 Between four and 5000 So 5, Jimmy's on the move is what you're telling me. That's the thing. Jimmy's on the move. If I can get this thing for six grand, I'm buying it. Okay. Last one real quick. Walter Payton. 1976 rookie, correct? Uh, Walter Payton... I got Where? smoked on this PSA 8 at the card show. You I paid this 18, card. I paid 1900 bucks for a PSA 8. I moved it for basically 1200 bucks in trade at the show because it was way down. The PSA 9, though, I paid 8500 for, or eight, eight, excuse me, I paid 8000 for. It had fallen all the way down to like four grand. Walter is way up the past two months. Give me his PSA 9 stats. PSA 9, uh, current pop count, 675, selling for $8,000. Which is kind of high, by the way, for that card. I'm surprised it's that high. For a nine of a card yeah. that age? Yeah, I agree. That what? So if you, I know you've looked at the grades a little bit. Any any of these grades that particularly think, hey, this is a good value? Um, I definitely think the PSA 8 uh, does seem like a good value just because- well, Is the 8 still around 1000 bucks? Yeah. What's the pop? Uh, 2600 I mean, There is a- Maybe that's why it's so low, because there is a large pop for such an older card- like that, I like the still. cheap stuff too. Give me the PSA six number because that thing's only a few hundred bucks. I think that's a great card to hold. I just top one, two, three running back of all time. Uh, so PSA six, this is interesting. The PSA seven and six don't come down all that much from the PSA eight. So if you went to the seven, it only drops about uh, call it two or 250 bucks. So it's like around 730 um, for the PSA seven, then back down to the PSA six. It drops down to 430. So 
PSA 6 is nice. That's an affordable price for most people as well. Historically, that is not near the all-time high. I don't think a PSA 6 for 450 bucks. Again, just because we had guys ask, who's one of the most requested names? I like Walter. I like the PSA 9, but the fact that it's almost doubled in the past two months, getting back to where I bought it at the height, I don't love. But if you can afford it, I also don't hate it. I mean, I didn't even bring the 9 to the show. That's not a card I'm looking to move. That's a long term for me. Um, all right, let's jump to some basketball real quick. We went way over on this segment. I'll tell you this much. Can't wait to talk about basketball. I won it that way. Did you see, did you see what I did? I saw what you did there. Oh. All right. Um, so one of the interesting comparisons, I thought, John Stockton versus Isaiah Thomas, two of the all-time great point guards. I would mm-hmm. put Isaiah ahead of him. I'd be curious to find out what Bill thinks about that. Who's better? Isn't um, he a big Stockton man? I have no idea. I've never talked to him about either. Stockton is an 88 rookie. Isaiah Thomas is an 86, the Flair Iconic 86. Give me their price on PSA 9s only. I don't want to spend a ton of time. Okay. Uh, let's start with Stockton. Uh, Flair, yep. Flair. PSA 9. Flair. Uh, $106. How many? What's the pop? Oh, pop count, $3,700. For 100 bucks, I would buy that card all day then. I don't even care what the history is. That's cheap. It's This is another one of those that has continued to fall. Now, granted... That decline has definitely leveled out. Um, but he has not? No, I mean, it's it's not to say that this is the low, but we're I'd say we're if we're not at the low right now, we're very close to it. So Stockton's a good buy. Again, if you want to buy it and flip it in a few months, if you want to buy it and hold it long term, I like that too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, all right. By so the way, then, I've never been a huge Stockton guy, not because he wasn't great. I just always got the Cal Ripken effect. Very good for like 20 years. And that's why he has unbelievable, like huge numbers. I thought, I think Isaiah Thomas, and again, I didn't see either one of them play all that in depth. I always thought Isaiah was a better individual player and should have ranked higher than he does. But people hate Isaiah Thomas. I always enjoyed the Stockton Malone games with the the Bulls when I was watching back in the day. Those were always a really entertaining game. What's Um, amazing to me is they never won a championship. You lost the two against the Bulls. Go back the next year when Michael's gone. Come on. Yeah, they got the wind taken out of their sails. Um, I'm talking so much sports right now. It feels so good. It feels good. It's the rare time where I have any actual knowledge of a game that uh, happened in the past. We have a different definition of knowledge. That's okay. uh, The fact that he played, (laughs) I said Malone. No one said that before I said that. So that means I knew, I knew that. You did. All right. Isaiah Thomas has a 1986 Fleer pop count much lower. 185. Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at the PSA 10. Uh, still lower, nine hundred and fifty six. Oh for the wow, PSA way nine. lower. What's selling for? Significantly more, like five times more, five hundred and twenty one dollars. Yeah, so some of that is because of the set. The eighty six set is the iconic one. I know Bill hates it. It's just the way it is. I do want to run these numbers though, because I'm curious if that set is just vastly overvalued. But I digress. Um, yeah, I don't like. So here's the thing. Again, if you just like Isaiah, or like, there's a lot of guys still who kind of do that whole. I want a rookie of the top fifty guys. I don't think it's a bad price, mm-hmm. but I don't think Isaiah is ever going to have this turnaround where he's stopped. Like I just, people don't like him and that has a direct effect to his market. So Stockton, people like he, I mean, quietly, you know, it's not like he's like a headliner, yeah. but he has a, a, it's, it's pretty cheap. He's got for a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like if you're wanting to buy a Stockton card tomorrow for a hundred dollars, say, Hey, I want to give this to my kid in 30 years. I don't think you're getting burned for a hundred bucks. So okay. I like it. I put Bill Russell on the list. We've talked about Bill Russell before, the 1957. So I just pulled off a trade this morning, as a matter of fact. Ooh, um, tell us. With Adam Rips, my co-star of the HBO Real Sports special. Yes, yeah. 
he had a little bit more face time than me. Here's the only problem I have with that part. Like, you know, if this doesn't work out, what's he going to do? He's 18 living at home. I think he'll be fine if it doesn't work out. So <laughs> I don't know how much downside there is for the kid. Did you know this kid before the show? I've dealt with Adam before. Yeah, you have. So Adam has a PSA eight, but it's an OC has that qualifier off center. So so generally you would comp that to a grade two lower. So PSA eight OC is comparable, which pull this up. I want to know what his PSA six does. I would say even a little bit less than a comped PSA 6. The Bill Russell PSA yep. 6? Give it to me. This card is larger than life. Oh You're excited. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm assuming that's a reference. I don't it's get a Backstreet it, Boys song. I already said it was a song. Larger than life. Everybody. I do remember okay. that one. Yep, you do. Uh, pop count 156. This is the 1957 Tops. Tell me it's 24,000. I'll be happy. Uh, sorry. 22. 20, 21. Oh, okay, that's fine. I don't mind um, that. Now, let me give a little uh, a little preface. There are not many sales of this card. The last card, the last time this card was sold was mid-July. Um, before that, there was one in June, one in May. It looks like it's been selling once a month. Uh, Which I love. It did have a nice jump in March. What do you think the high was on that card? Well, put it this way. My PSA 4 sold for 20 in March. I'm going to say that thing sold for like 35 to 40. Oh, yeah. That's about half. It sold like 63K. Yeah. Crazy. I really, I really like Bill's long-term stuff because I think that spike showed us. Now, granted, everything came down because of the spike, but I think what we're starting to see now is some of these people are like, well, wait a minute, that should have spiked and stayed high. There's other stuff. It was mass-produced, crazy, overproduced crap. We don't care. There's 150 of these. So I traded uh, a Michael Jordan BGS 8-5 rookie, which I paid 7500 for, and $10,750 cash or check, whatever. So. What's that? Seventeen, just over eighteen thousand. I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with that for this PSA six that you did today. Correct. PSA eight OC, which is comparable to a PSA six. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I like it because I think that card has way more upside. I, I think it has way more upside than the Jordan. So, dang, I'm excited okay. about that. I think Bill Russell is a great. Matter of fact, Adam literally just sent me tracking overnight. It's exciting. Oh, hello. I think you're right though, as far as like upside goes, because everybody, everybody. And I mean, inside and outside the hobby, talk about that Jordan. Nobody's talking about. Well, not nobody, but very yeah, but few. Bill's talk about just this. Way, that pop is way lower than anything Jordan. I mean, there's 350 PSA 10 Jordans. Yeah, there's exactly. zero PSA 10 Bills. There's two PSA nines. So, and I'll be honest with you, when you see the card in person, I'm going to try to have it reslabbed. I may even go to SGC with it if, when I take my other stuff. I don't think it's. I think it could get. I honestly think it has a shot at a seven. So really? it's a sharp card. Wow. And if that's the case, SGC seven, it's probably worth a little bit more than a PSA six. So I'd be excited. Um, I don't want to keep going. We're doing too much of this time. 1969 Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, rookie stuff, dirt cheap, as it has been the last six months we've been talking about it. It's even lower now than it was at the peak. I think they're all I think any Kareem rookie card is a good buy right now. Literally, I just think he's so unbelievably cheap. We're done. Give me we some, did it. Give me some WADA news. Man, I, I got to come up with some Backstreet Boys lyrics. I'm really trying to answer here. I know. <laughs> I feel like I'm just show me the meaning of being lonely over here. Because Do you I have those pulled just, up? No, I know them all. You've no. got something on your screen. No, I don't. Don't look at that. All right. Uh, here we go. <laughs> WADA. WADA. Oh, they are going to be in a lot of trouble after all this. Um, so anybody, That's a pun. Did, That's yeah, a pun. I'm making jokes. We're having fun. I'm back. Uh, Wada, if anybody didn't realize, is a big name in the game grading industry. Video um, game. Video game, yes. However, 
Little uh, is known that they were not always the biggest. They've only become the biggest in the last few years. Now, what's so interesting is how they've become the biggest. So WADA is was started, um, I think, like 2019 uh, or 2018, 19 was when they actually uh, came out. Their chief uh, CEO is named. Uh, let me see. I've got it pulled up here is Din, uh, Dennis Khan. Now, Dennis is a man that you're going to want to remember, as well as the name Jim Halperin. He is a what? Uh, so Dennis the Jim Menace Hal- and Jim Halper. <laughs> Got it. Jim. Jim is the uh, he's an exec over at Heritage Auction. So there's some collusion going on here is from what everything this post, this guy named Carl Jacobs did. There's like a 52 minute video on YouTube. Check it out if you got time. But there's also some uh, some some articles that kind of break down the. Hey, what's the YouTube guy's name? Carl Jopes. I think I said Jacobs, but jokes. Carl, let me say this to you. I don't know if Carl listens. I thought Carl's investigative stuff on there. Did you watch the video? The, not the 52 minute version. I watched a one that broke down like to it was like 15 minutes. Did he edit it though? Like, was it his voice? I believe that was his voice. Yes. Great information. No, oh, no. Wait, here's the thing, Carl. Everything was like this big buildup. Like every sentence was amazing. Dude, if he just went a little bit more direct with the dialogue, I'm not being critical. Sure. I thought his info was great, but I'm just going to say this, Carl, when you have a killer story like that, I don't need you to like exaggerate every line. Just get to it, man. You k- killed it otherwise. I would hire you to come work on this program. We are expanding the team, by the way. We'll talk about that after as well. Carl, I love the investigation. I just need that delivery to be a little <laughs> bit tweaked, and I would be... Super He's going to do it Sorry. on the next one. He told me. Um, so Come work for us. Dennis over at WADA, CEO and co-founder of uh, Heritage Auction, Jim Halperin, essentially have looked to inflate the market of the, uh, the video game, video game prices uh, in general. So last, uh, let's see, it was one of the last big sales. Th- these are some of the bigger facts that you can say for sure. This looks like there's con- collusion involved. Maybe some shill bidding going on, but um, back Tom in Fullery. Tom Fuller, if you will, I wouldn't, but you will. Uh, 2017, the Super Mario Brothers, very famous, popular game. This co- this game sold for about 30k in July of 2017. This card was resold in 2019. Game. You're I'm sorry, card. card. Yep, it's okay. the The game was resold in 2019 for a hundred thousand dollars. Now, this was great. It was graded by WADA at the time, and it was sold by Heritage at the time. Here's an interesting fact. The game, when it was sold for $100,000, was sold to three men, uh, one of them being Halperin himself bought that game, as well as another man um, from a company called Just Press Play. There's some more information that goes into that. But bottom line, Heritage then puts out a press release saying, World record. The games gaming industry is on fire. All video game prices are going up. So essentially what they're doing is they're creating the the news by buying their own games. And then they're going out and telling everybody about how we bought this. Like they're not claiming that they bought it, but they're just saying it's sold. And now you need to get in while the getting's good. Um, There was an example of this. There's examples of they Apparently, they took somebody took this game on Pawn Stars um, and tried to ask for like a million dollars for it. 
And you know how like they'll have if you've ever seen an episode of Pawn Stars, they'll like have someone like, I don't know much about this. Let me get one of my buddies in to check it out. The buddy that they came in is the owner, the CEO, Dennis. Dennis um, the Menace. Dennis the Menace of WADA. He came in and he checked out his own graded game and he says, yep, I see why he's asking a million for this. Really? Yeah. He's out there pumping it just as much as anybody. There was also this, uh, the fact that Jim Halpern is like a, or he had a seat on the board um, or he's like one of the, I guess, co-founders or something. He he is a part of the WADA company as well. Which and they, heritage. Yes. And heritage at the same time. Um, there's also some other examples of this where other guys in the industry took their large collections. They sold it without uh, announcing that they also were part owner or they had uh, a seat on the board of WADA. They sold their games that WADA graded for them through Heritage that Heritage made with a special like sign saying like, this is part of this special collection, get in here. And it was all like in an effort to resell the game that this guy had already sold to them. I don't know. I'm sorry. It gets a little confusing at this point, but the bottom line is they were all tied together. No actual collectors are spending the money on these games. It's only these guys within the industry buying and selling and rebuying and selling the games to overinflate the market to create this huge bubble. Would this affect the valuation they got for whatever they were purchased for from Collector's Universe, PSA's parent company? Because they just bought them a few months ago. How could it not? How yeah. could it not? I mean, because I, I'd like to I'd like to see if PSA I don't know if Steve Sloan still listens. He used to listen and reach out once in a while. I'd be and he's just a PSA guy, so maybe that doesn't even matter. This is Collector's Universe. So who would that be? Nat? Nate. Yeah, Nat. 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 Yeah, that's what I said. I'd be interested to see Nat Turner's thoughts about this. Like, hey, we we already kind of knew this and we paid them much less because, hey, we didn't know this and we didn't want to come out because we'd look stupid. We didn't do our due diligence. I, I'm curious what their side of the story is. So who knows? Maybe they know something that we don't because uh, all the people that were named in this, so including WADA and Heritage and is this other guy uh, that the story goes in to talk about, they all have an, announced like since then, hey, this is slanderous. You know, we disagree. This is baseless and defamatory, you know, but it's kind of hard to say, no, this didn't happen when a lot of it's in print. So, uh, you know, it just here's here's my overall thought is you just you guys may have just destroyed that hobby as it speak as it stands right now, because games are not like the sports cards market. They're not meant to be collectible like sports cards are made to be collected. So it can survive if like someone shill bid or anything. I don't want to talk about that. But if there's anybody doing that in the industry, they can survive because there's other people out there buying and selling. It's and not this industry. The sports card market is also so much more well-known and popular right now that if something like that happens, 50 people are out talking about it. Like, hey, this is ridiculous. This exactly. price is Exactly. There's, there's enough naysayers in a good way. And there's an enough collectors out right. there spending big money on cards already. Sure. There's not, they don't have that in There's this not enough hobby. established values there. Exactly. So interesting. it's, I think it is big news. Dennis the Menace and Jim Halpern. There you go. <laughs> Watch out good. for those two. Yep. All right. Uh, we're going to talk some soccer on Thursday. I reach out to the Irish kid again, Jason Ooh, Flynn. Ooh, Jason coming back? Jason messages back on Twitter. Here's your official invitation on Thursday, Jason. I want to talk about Mbappe possibly leaving. 
Ronaldo did leave, and so did Messi. I am curious what his thoughts are on those and how it affects their hobby. 30 seconds, HBO Real Sports, your takeaway from our big appearance. A lot um, of people say you stole the show, by the way. <laughs> they did thoughts? say that. I don't. Uh, let me, I'll tell you my thoughts as long as you love me. Oh, my okay. gosh. <laughs> this is great. Um, I would say overall, it was not. Uh, so I have to temper this because I saw so many people who disliked the, the comments. Also, we're interviewing John tomorrow on our YouTube channel. John is the guy who, who interviewed me and did the whole individual piece. He's coming on our YouTube sports cards nonsense tomorrow morning for an interview. Tit for tat. Yes. Um, that's not an even trade. We've, that's <laughs> the event fair. Dwight Schrute has taught us anything. <laughs> um, so I, I don't think it was a bad thing for the hobby overall. Agreed. I yep. think that in general, there were some comments made that uh, I didn't care for, mainly from Brian Gumble to... Uh, yeah. I mean, if his little segment at the end wasn't there, but um, I thought that the interviewer, uh, John, dang it, John, I keep wanting to say Jim now, John did a very nice job of com coming back with, hey, this is, doesn't seem to be um, like a under suspect business. There's a lot of cash being handled, but they are, they are seeming to pay taxes. Uh, the whole top shot thing, I think, was a little... Uh, I don't know. If it's like, coming I want to see that guy's portfolio. I, I want to see that portfolio. There's no way it's worth 12 million. <laughs> I think it may have gone to 20. I think at one time it went down to 12. I don't think it's still at 12. I think it may have come down quite a bit since then. But overall, I think it was a, a good thing for the hobby. Um, I was happy with most of it. Yeah. John Frankel is his name, by the way. I, I So John, I thought was very objective. You know, there was even the question. Again, if you take away the question at the end, and I could live with a top shot. I think that's a useless thing anyways. But a lot of people like it. It's not going anywhere. Uh, yeah, the, overall, great for the hobby. We're talking about sports cards on on real sports. Like, there's no other platform, including our podcast yes. here, or anywhere else that is going to reach that many people who have zero involvement in the space. So for that, it's a huge positive. I'd say that's the closest neighboring audience to what we have right now. Like, yes. they're already into sports. They're yep. into the fringes of the sport. They're watching the show before that. Now, watch this. Yeah, so I love that. The exposure is absolutely fantastic for the hobby. Gumble's thing irritated me. He really pushed the bubble talk at the end, which I think John was very realistic about. Um, he pushed the whole tax thing. I don't know why that was even... Uh, is the IRS getting their fair share? I mean, I pay my... Mine's an LLC. I pay my taxes every month, and I pay my taxes every year on it. If you don't, there's a lot of that that happens. I'm sure you're a scumbag. I can't help you. <laughs> the other thing I just thought was kind of funny, like... He, Brian Goble also was like, you know, now the players who are on these cards, are the players getting oh their cuts? Oh my goodness. Let me ask you this. When yes. HBO Real Sports makes a ton of money off the likeness and off player stories, hey, Brian, when's the last <laughs> time you opened your checkbook to play a player? Anything based on what you talk. I thought that was just such a farce. And, and then he did Agreed. kind of, to me, like a, a bit of a race baiting comment. So this is a bunch of middle-aged white guys with money. Well, first of all, if you were at the cards, you were in Chicago, this year more than ever, more women and more people who were not white yeah. Like it's a pretty diverse crowd. Now, are the majority white male? Yes. The, uh, anybody who tells you different is a liar. That is the majority. But this thought that we're trying, we being people like middle-aged white male, are trying to keep this exclusive. I don't care. I want everybody in the space because it benefits me. I just thought they were pushing that narrative a little bit. I thought that was garbage. You know. And then he's like, you know, white guys with money. Oh, okay. So you, of the people you talk to, Nate Burns didn't come from much. I came from even less. Adam is 18. He borrowed money from his parents. Like, uh, well, that was he, bar mitzvah money. 
to be yeah, fair. But my point being, like, it's not like me and Nate made a ton of money. I wish they had got into a little bit more of the backstory of me and Nate. That's where they spent the time when we talked to him. Yes. And then this I was kind of just more like the hype. Again, it's a 20 minute segment, but that's what I'm going to talk with John about tomorrow. I, I, I am curious to get his like a little bit more of an overview of what he really thought. Well, and but, I think the takeaway, it's a good thing, dude. They're talking about sports cars on real sports. Come on. Yeah, I think the there was like a little bit of a like uh, this is like a gamble or something when they were yeah. showing Nate Burns like breaking, ripping cards and packs like you're going to spend this much money. And he's going to rip it for you right there on TV. And I'm just like, yeah, but I mean, that's like there's value there. It's not like he's keeping these cards and it's not like you can't be trusted because there's live cameras on this dude. I mean, I just I don't thought know. it would have been cool instead of being like, hey, Nate's worth X amount of millions of dollars or I'm worth X amount of dollars now, which they didn't. Our piece was nothing. We had 45 seconds. I just think it would have been interesting to be like, hey, here's the backstory of these two. Now, Nate has been much more successful monetarily than me. No question. Mm -hmm. But we've both come from very small beginnings. We started in this with very small beginning to come. I thought it would have been cool to document that more. Maybe that's not as sexy for the HBO crowd. I get that, too. You know, Nate's also done more for charity than anybody I know in the space, like not even close. So I thought it would have been cool to work that angle in a little bit more. Um, and yeah, if you take away the last two minutes of just stupidity with questions from Gumball or whatever his name is, uh, <laughs> then yeah, I would have liked it. But overall, very positive. We're done there. Collectible, do your thing here. Uh, just fun announcement. Uh, there's a big collect uh, what, collective for collectible. Uh, January 28th through 30th in Las Vegas. And they have asked us to be a part of this panel uh, of We're sponsoring experts. the event. In the in the space, they were not sponsored. I think you talked to. It. I didn't know that that was. A I mean, official. I want it that way. Oh my! But God. I'm not sure if that's how they'll do it. <laughs> um, either way, I I think it's just awesome that we got the call out to go. And with that, guess who is going to be working with Collectible? That's right. Quit playing games with my audience <laughs> and tell me who. I googled it. Bam! Backstreet Boys. You want to dance? I'll dance, sweetheart. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to be doing like a separate monthly series on our YouTube for Collectible, talking about the fractional market in general. Um, but yes, yeah, focusing on some of their big, I think that's an untapped thing. We don't talk a lot about it. They've reached out to a bunch of content creators. Um, the only reason we're doing it is I was told very specifically, I can talk negatively or positively. I just yes. have to be authentic. No problem. That being said, do you view the fractional space as one for collectors at all? I view it as a almost strictly investment-based play. Why are you talking like this? Are you reading something? What happened to your voice? No, I was just thinking about it. Did you just it. cough away your normal accent? What happened here? No. Do I have an accent? I don't okay. know, but all of a sudden. So when we're talking about collectible and the investments. Uh, that Galvanakis, that's, that's spot on. <laughs> uh, very, very, very little. I, if I'm a collector, the appeal to me of owning 5% of an item that I'm ever going to see is zero. I don't care about it. That's the thing. I, I, don't think I actually get it. I'm getting into this stuff more now as from an investment standpoint, strictly to make money. Period. Well, I mean, honestly, if, if if it has, if it feels like anything, it feels like I'm buying and selling shares of a stock. And I mean, that's right. essentially what you're doing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just want the hobby, the guys who are listening to the show, 3,300, anybody who may have an, Oh, hello. Um, Anybody who may have a overall interest in collectible, you may not be going in it if you are a just overall you Strict like collector. to collect for your PC. Yeah, this is for the guys who are thinking I can make some money because I view this guy's potential to only grow in the future or come down, whatever the case may but be. But see where I think there's an interesting crossover, like they just sold a Tom Brady shield piece or whatever, and the investors made like 30 percent. Yeah, that's a piece that I looked at 
ahead of time. And I was like, man, I would love to own that piece. And I almost thought, you know, if I just had let myself be led in my investing by that, like, hey, what is something that's crazy nice, super iconic player that I would buy if I had the expendable money like that? Mm -hmm. That's the first piece I would have bought. Not the most valuable by any means. I would have bought that in a heartbeat. So I think you can, this is one where you can actually let nostalgia help you if you're going to invest. But yeah, I'm interested. They're going to open the books to us as well, which would be cool. The the other the flip side of that is uh, that the books. that uh, Mario uh, Wada game that sold for like a million dollars or however much it was it did larger sell. than life. <laughs> Stop breaking my heart and let me finish. Sure. Um, the Wada game sold on a rally, another platform fractional, that does yep. fractional, and they. I mean, that's one of the places where it got so much value because I think the everyone on there made a significant amount of money when that game sold. Um, it's just a way to get in on a lot of these platforms, but just beware of some of the items that you're, you're buying if you don't know much about them. Because if you bought into a video game, you could currently hold shares of something that is going to go down. It's just like a stock. you know. If the underlying investment proves to be not so hot, you're going to take a bath. All right, let's get to some questions. Take My a bath is just, another uh, song back by the Backstreet Boys. Take a bath is a song. I don't, it could be. What? You don't know. It's a deep cut. <laughs> I said no hits. Oh. oh, that's the call. Um, All right. Hey, real quick. I, I teased this last week and I forgot to do it. We are doing this Thursday. I'm going to leave it on my notes. Matt Beckham, Ryan Olson, Zach Hicks. We put out that call and then you got sick unexpectedly. So next week, we're going to talk about Yelich, Bonds, A-Rod, and OJ Simpson. Those four guys were the four I was supposed to talk about last week. I started, then Christina came on. You almost died. We've realized you're faking your back. We're going to talk about that next week. So for sure on Thursday, leave those on the sh- on the uh, sheets here. I want to talk some soccer. Get yes. the Irish kid back for that. Yes. And I want to talk about those guys. That's on line 21 and 22. Uh, leave that on there. I would also like to talk about, before we go into mailbag, uh, for anybody interested and everyone's everyone's talking about how, uh, you know, we were expanding. Well, by everybody, I mean, Mike and I. Uh, one of the things that we're expanding into is a little written content. That being said, the website now has a new section, Hobby News. SportsCardsNonsense.com. Forward slash Hobby News. All together. One word. Just um, go to the site. To just, yeah. Now or whatever. And once you're there. Go ahead and hit uh, the information for the newsletter that we are going to also be coming out with. Um, It'll have not the same information on the website. We're going to try and mix it up a little bit. Um, Some may lead you back to the website. Some may lead you to the podcast. Some may lead you nowhere. (laughs) Bottom line is this is a test to see what kind of content you guys like and if this is going to be something that you even care about. Um, Because if you guys don't care... We don't want to we want to do the things that uh, draw the most focus and attention to the hobby in which you like to see. So this is a little experiment. We're having a little fun with it. But at least for the next few weeks, uh, maybe a few months, you're going to get a little written content from your boys at SCN. By the way, on that website, some people have asked, too. we had a couple this week again. Why don't you ever answer the question about this? If your question is about consignment, grading, eBay, you know, using any of those services, the reason we don't address them on the show much is that's the reason we made the website. If you go to card services, there's sponsored vendors, guys who I've done business with for years. They are on there. You could do anything you need. Grade, consign. There's card shops on there, where to break. All that stuff, where to buy supplies even. All that is on the website. That's why we don't take it in a mailbag every week. It's the same stupid answer. It's all on the cards, on the website under card services. Mailbag. 
Mailbag. Oh, first mailbag is In coming. sync or Backstreet Boys? Oh, man. JT is hard fan? to beat. See, I would have got beat, beaten up for listening to either. Like, I, you're a little younger than me. How am I a little? I mean, you're, yeah, you're younger than months, me. Not a year. We're both born in 86. A different year in school, though. Oh, if a yeah, guy in the sixth grade was listening to Backstreet Boys, you were getting wailed on. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but, but I've also noticed music is bigger in Boston than it is down here. Like, we get things a lot faster up there. I don't believe that's true. Absolutely think, true. We get more Garth Brooks down here. Actually, I don't know. There's a big country population up in Boston. Yes. Um, I don't know where we're going with that. Mailbag. Frank Miller reached out. This question is from the Facebook Messenger. Hey, we're doing a bunch of these, by the way. We started recording late, and there's actually a lot of good questions. So I'm don't oh, don't come at right. me like that. That was aggressive. Wow. Okay. My fault. I'll never oh. break your heart. That's <laughs> a song. I'm run, I'm running out. Um, Frank Miller messaged me. Long story short, Frank saw on uh, the Facebook group, guys. If you're not a part of it, join it now because we are just about at fifteen thousand subscribers. We're gonna hit right. fifteen thousand today. Go. Yes. No more pitches. Just to say, get in there. Frank saw that there was an MJ rookie card in the group that had an auto on the card. It wasn't, uh, it was like a card. It was the 86 Flair. Yes. It was the 86 Flair rookie card. It was graded years ago. You look at the serial number on that Beckett label, that thing is an old school rookie card signed by. So, yeah, someone yes. pulled a rookie card and had him sign it in person, then got it authenticated at Beckett. Yes. Exactly. I know, I know the card. Yeah. You saw, did you see the post at all? Did you see any of the comment section? Nope. Okay, so that comment section, Frank, I think, may have been the one who kind of posed this question, and then other guys started attacking, and I think it's a legitimate question. So it was the auto is graded as authentic as a BGS-9. His question is, how can you actually authenticate that signature? How can it be 100% sure that he did sign it? Because there are so many people that can, you know, forge a signature or sign something very similar how could they say that you, you know, this is real? Well, they have handwriting experts. That's, well, I, mean, that's, that's I mean, big deal. I think a handwriting, I think a handwriting sample, like if someone took a sample of MJ's sign cards, you sign, you know, you practice, whatever the case may be. I think you could say that's not the case. That is my, when I, when he first asked that question, that was my first opinion. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have value because I don't think you can also prove the opposite, that it isn't real. Um, and that's that was my take. But I'd like so to hear So I don't yours. know how you authenticate signatures. I mean, I know they look at them under microscopes. These are guys who have been trained for years. Beckett and PSA had guys like Steve Grad, some of the other. The guy who was on Pawn Stars, as a matter of fact, used to work for one or both of those companies. Um, how do they do that? And how do you know for a certainty it, it wasn't forged? I, I don't know. Um, with anything, I have no idea. I mean, well, I know that a lot of, uh, collectible people are, are saying that if you want something like some old autograph authenticated, there has to be some kind of evidence, like a photograph or video of them hmm. signing. So, but I don't believe that's the case with BGS. I went to the website. I tried to see if there's anything about how they authenticate with signatures. I couldn't find anything. So wasn't sure if you had any additional Yeah, I mean, I detail. think it's just a matter of you're trusting the brand that tells you it's authentic. Either you trust I think them or you don't. that's what you do. Yes, I yeah, agree. And, I, and a lot of guys with an item like that will take that and immediately get it certified by two or three other places. Let's say, hey, send it to JSA, James Spence, send it to PSA. You will see big items like that will have multiple certificates of authenticity. Yeah. And then if all three places, I mean, at that point, what do we do? I, I mean, yeah, could it be, fa- I guess, I don't know. Yeah. 
But at but, this point, I think it's as real as it's going to be. As can you know, get. what's interesting about this, though. So the Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain picture that I bought in the National has a Steiner certificate for uh, for Wilt. Steiner only authenticated back in the day on eyewitness signatures. Like a rep had to see him sign that to do it. That's why this stuff sells for so much more. And then Bill Russell must have been added later because it was a separate COA. So. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Anyways, cool. all right. Not bad. A good question, though. Interesting question. By the way, the asking price on that, somebody said, they're like double the market price. You're not going to sell that card for 350 grand or whatever they were asking. Person's out of their mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That price was Way very high. high. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way high. Um, Michael, CN from, uh, I know you previously mentioned sealed wax being among the safest investments in the hobby. How long do you typically hold before selling? Two years or longer? Question mark. If you don't need the money, just hold it for a long time. Just keep holding. I mean, I wish I had held the stuff when I sold Geo Breaks. I had I had like Bowman cases that were years old. They're probably double the value now. I sold Eddie two cases of National Treasures basketball. I think I charged him sixteen five at the time, mm -hmm. doing thirty thousand now. So, <gasps> now I still have my Prism football. That's over a year old from last year. Um, I know it's not over a year. Is it? Is it a year? Your contenders is twenty twenty uh, contenders twenty. Yeah, like 2020 contenders, 2020 prison football. I think that is going to be an all-world class going forward for a long time. I have no intent to sell those until the prices get stupid. Like if Joe, you know. When I saw that question, I went and looked up those values of like previous years. And granted, 2019 wasn't all that high, but 2000. Because it wasn't that good of a class. Yeah, but 2018 and 17. So 17 is Mahomes. So you can't compare yeah. that. But eight. So 18 is what I think the ceiling is for 2020. Josh Allen, Baker, Lamar. Herbert, Tua, Burrow, Hertz. That was why I thought those were such a good buy. Because yes. those prices, contenders, for example, for 18 hit 20 grand last year during the playoff run. I think this stuff could hit close to that. And we paid, well, I paid even less than you, but you paid like, what, 7,500 for, or you paid 15,000 for two. Yes, yes. 7,500 like each, which is about what they're doing right now. So you're about even. But I, I told you last year and I was late. When you bought those, I told Jesse, July, August, I think they'll spike. We're late. I, but I'm not. I, I wouldn't. I think they're great holds. Yeah. But to be fair, that that 2018 is not right now selling for like 18 grand for right. a case. So yep, it's down to wouldn't hate that. Um. All right. Question from the Facebook. Travis Brooks. Any advice on buying monthly subscription boxes? Do you know what? Do you know what this is? Like a yeah. Some some different breakers will put together like boxes you can buy every month. You get like the same thing. I would never do it because I don't trust people. But that's just yeah. Me. I, that's my thing too. It's so yeah, hard to say. Like, do they know what they're sending out at the time? Like, uh, and I, I can't tell you like individually because I don't know who does it. But yeah. I mean, yeah. I just to me, it's not. I would. I'd rather just have go buy boxes myself. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you know, just quit playing games with my heart. Uh, with my wax. The Facebook has Jordan Kaufman asking, vintage football, any and vintage cards in general, are they graded on a curve? And what grade do you think uh, for, or what do you look for when buying vintage? What grade? The curve thing, it's all subjective. I don't think so. Um, what do I look for when centering is huge. That's why I don't like qualifiers. This Bill Russell, if I didn't get a good deal on it, I wouldn't have bought because it's off-centered. Centering is massive. Overall, I appeal, you know, because I find the majority of vintage guys with big stuff want something they can look at. They, they're more into eye appeal than like ultra modern stuff. Um, and although I think pop count is overrated with a lot of things, there's a reason we talked about it with all this vintage stuff. All that long hold vintage stuff, I do want to know. 
Bill Russell has 158 copies graded that grade. I'm in. If that had 900 copies, that would be a, not only would it affect the value, it would affect my view of the card. So I like lower grade, uh, higher grade stuff that is at lower pop. And I like to try to find those pockets. Like, hey, a six to a seven is a 20% increase. For some reason, a seven to an eight is 50%. You know, why is that? What's the, I think there's something to be said for doing a little bit of work on the analytics side of things when it comes to vintage, because you can find those pockets. Like with Walter Payton, you saw that with a seven to an eight. I'm just buying the eight for 200 bucks more. Not even a question. But other cards, seven to eight's a huge disparity in price. I, I, you know, but overall, eye appeal's big. I would also recommend if you can, like we were comparing the Elway to the Marino, if you can find a similar card to see those, like where the greater disparity is between prices in between, in, between grady, uh, in between grades, try and do that because that's, I mean, we found some on the Elway uh, when we were talking about it. So, all right. Good question. I'm moving along. Steve Schuler Schuler from the Facebook. Hey guys, what? So what's the going on with Beckett? Back a few months ago, there were some 9.5s that were comparable to PSA 10 value-wise, but I just picked up a BGS 9.5 for about the same price as an SGC 10. Is SGC knocking on the door to overtake BGS at resale? This is like a planted question. No, I swear. If I were going to plant the question, it would be this. So the disparity between PSA and Beckett is massive now. And SGC is going to cost you way less to grade, and it's selling almost the same in a lot of areas. There's still some areas a 9.5 Beckett outsells an SGC 10, but it's not like before where it's just across the board, not even close. And SGC is now grading more cards daily than BGS is. I talked to the owner and the president the other day. Not a question anymore. It's a fact. So say what you want. Hate what you want. Don't use them. I don't care what you do. I'm just telling you SGC is going to continue with the momentum because their turnaround time's quick and they're cheap and people are starting to see dividends on the resale. So you want to, yeah. And if you want to hold on and you want to just keep waiting on PSA forever, I don't care. Do it. I really don't care what you do. I think you're a fool. I, I think people who do, <laughs> I don't care what you do. I hate you. And I, I think now, you're here's a fool. the reason why, because you have so many of these people that are so loyal to PSA. Great. So when PSA opens eventually, whenever they do, you're going to flood them in a day because you've refused to give anybody else in the space a chance. How does that add? There's no value there. If there's no competition. I just think it's dumb. I really do. It irritates me. And not because it's, it's SGC. And SGC pays us. has nothing to do with that. The reason they pay us because they heard how we were talking about them because it made sense. So I'm glad we get paid for them now. But it, use your head. I would say the same thing if SGC became the only one. And I'm not using anybody else. That's foolish. You should have multiple options to grade at that don't take a year to return your cards. So, And I still use PSA every month. Not every week anymore, but every month for stuff. We got to get so. SGC to pay us a bonus every time we get a question like that. Dang. Fly down to Boca. What's really funny is I'm also wearing an SGC shirt today just because I pulled nice. it out of the thing. You know, I like that. I it's, leaned. I, I stood up. Like I leaned. Leaned. Oh, I, I see can that? see that in the picture. Um, good question. Not a plant. Just good timing. Tim French. He He's actually, this is the guy who invented uh, France. With him winning the starting job, what do you think about Teddy Bridgewater as a short-term flip? Hate him. You hate yep. him. You the hate only Ted's. Thing, the, the biggest news there is Drew Locke's not going to jump like I thought, but I don't, I don't think there's any value with Teddy. Nope. Okay. Next. Simple. Rapid fire. Let's go. Carter Amaro. Amaro. Uh, sweet thing. He's having their first child next week. He'd like to buy well, her. <laughs> like to buy her high-end product uh, from her birth year 2020. It's a girl? <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with that, bro? 
Girls collect stuff too. Misogynist. God, son. That <laughs> you want to collect a box from 2021 that they can open, um, sit on for years, 10 plus ideally. Uh, so looking for a product that doesn't have redemptions and the options, they hit those a few years later. Any thoughts? Well, I mean, most products now have some redemptions. Um, basketball is tough though from 2021 because Lamelo, who is the biggest draw, is a redemption almost everything. Um, if I'm going for this year, I'd go football because of the amazing quarterback class. I think in 10 years, there's still some of these guys will be in the discussion for top five in the league. Um, I would stick them with a product where there's a lot of value in the base as well and like in the parallels. So honestly, I think it's expensive, but Prism is a great buy because, yeah, you may get a redemption auto, but you may also just hit a gold non-auto Trevor Lawrence that's worth 50 grand or whatever. Um, something like that or a mosaic um, even optic to a lesser degree, it's cheaper, but optic, I, I guess if you stay away from stuff that is almost exclusively auto heavy, you have a better shot of avoiding that. Um, you know, like NT, I don't, I don't know who's going to be a redemption in NT. Yeah. And you could really get hurt with that. So I got to stick with those. I also think that there's a lot of value in those anyways, as opposed to paying for national treasures. You don't pull one of the 10 cards is not a massive auto. There's no value there. You know, with the other stuff, at least there's value no matter what you pull. So Perfect world, Prism. Prism football from this year. Um, I have a question, actually, that's not uh, from our audience, but it was it was making me think of it. Um, Mahomes goes out, and he, he's, he's a great quarterback, but he goes out this season, and he suffers a career-ending injury. What happens at that point? Uh, has he solidified himself enough to where he no. his card value would still, like, it would be high because he's you know he was so good for a period of time or is he didn't play long enough to make that matter or make that count man so he would retain some value but he wouldn't be where he is now i mean he's had three great seasons yeah i I, i'd be curious if he's even a hall of famer if he got hurt again right now long term i think he's gonna be one of the best ever but if he never played another game right now is he a hall of fame quarterback i can't imagine i mean i that's kind of my question for a lot of guys, though, that are playing now, because you never but he know. Is not, when but hang someone... on, hang on. But he is not Zion. Like if Zion got hurt tomorrow, he is done. His value is a fraction. If Mahomes yeah. doesn't play another game, hey, this kid set. He either has the record or he's cl- or top three. He had, he's one of the only with a fifty touchdown season. He's got a Super Bowl, another Super Bowl appearance. I mean, either way, he's going down as a legend right now. But I, I think he's safe. But like a guy like Zion, he breaks his leg tomorrow. Yeah, Luca. Breaks his leg tomorrow. I mean, the gap between where Mahomes is and where Luca even is is not close. They may both be the best young star in their respective sport. One has won a championship, had a nearly record-breaking season, gone to another championship. Luca's never won you know, the second first round. I don't know if he's ever won a playoff series. Come to so, think of it. So, so with Mahomes, line, you're kind of safe, but I'd still be terrified if something yeah, happened to him. Yeah, yeah, but it but it still just depends on the the level of player. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, thank you for entertaining that. Dan Ports wants us to entertain. He thinks he missed something, but why are the? Oh, this is an NFT question. You you're not going to care for this, but I'll answer it. Why aren't the sports NFT influencers talking about the real problem? So unless and until there is a universal platform to trade NFTs across, so you know you take your top shots and you're trading with your your Gronk NFTs from OpenSea on one platform uh the market will continue to experience initial spikes huge drops and ultimately 
be forgotten. Oh my goodness. I think the bottom line to this, Dan, is there is a lot of functionality that would be involved to be able to use multiple different cryptos, uh, trading NFTs. And there's also a lot of uh, intellectual property that the companies such as Topshot aren't going to give up. Like Topshot doesn't want you selling on eBay. Granted, some people do, um, but they want you only selling on their platform. I don't think you're ever going to see a single platform for all NFT sports. Now, granted, with Fanatics coming in, I think you're going to see basketball, football, and baseball all be traded on one, uh, but it won't be for a number of years, and it will never include Top Shot. Hey, here's a question you skipped over, and I had you look at that story about the DAC thing. Were you going to talk about that? Yes. Yeah, I've got Before it. you do, let me just say this, because once I looked in, it, it jogged my memory, and I saw Sports Card Investor had a big video about this in Dallas, and somebody else did too. That story's four years old, by the way. This was broken four years ago. They were supposed to recall the card. Some didn't get recalled. I don't well, know. You kind of just about. ruined the story, but yeah, yeah that's I just pretty good. Much it. I, I just don't. <laughs> somebody else made a good point. Why is everybody trying to drum up views with stuff that's like years old? Because people like sensationalism. That's why. Yeah. Bottom line: If anyone was wondering what happened, there was some Dak Prescott cards. Some were signed with an auto pen. With an auto pen, it was acknowledged. Uh, they Panini said, "Okay, send them back. We'll send you real ones." It looks like some of those that got sent back may have not gotten taken out of circulation uh, or maybe people internally took them and resold them or did whatever. But bottom line is someone at the Dallas Card Show found a five of 10 Dak Prescott uh, 2016 Panini Prism card. And it was the same 510 as another guy there. Same Um, card, same serial number. One was recalled, one was Yes, wasn't. slightly different signatures on them, but obviously one's real, one's not. Um, yeah, that you know what's funny? That story actually made ESPN. Darren Ravel was a senior writer for ESPN and broke that story in 2017. Really? Yeah, I just Where are you getting this information? Just found the clip. I watched oh, it. Oh, okay. All right, next. Uh, back to mailbag. In baseball specifically, how do long pedestrian second halves of careers impact Hall of Fame players in terms of long-term value? For example, with Mike Trout now 30 and often injured, will a potential imminent decline looming result in a more Griffey or Frank Thomas valuation 10 years from now? I mean, it hurts. You know, you, you look at Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols, two of the best hitters of this generation or of all time even. They've been pretty stagnant the last five, six years. Like, decent, but not fallen way off. And yeah, it's crushed their value. You know, uh, I mean, so yeah, if you stick around too long and you're average at the end, it hurts. You know, how does it affect them? I don't know. I mean, it happened with Griffey, but then there was such a nostalgia with Griffey. To me, 35 to 45-year-olds, Griffey's probably the most, the the biggest fan favorite of any baseball player of that era. He's my favorite player. He's my brother's favorite player. I would say Griffey. So he overcame that because he became the kid, junior. You know, we hat backwards. We look back, that's the guy we liked watching. I don't know. I mean, maybe that happens with Trout. I don't know. But if not, then yeah, a lot of it's just what have you done for me lately type attitude. Um, Speaking of Griffey, uh, Peter Pappas. Do you know Peter? He's from Ipswich. Are you familiar? Mass? Oh, yeah, baby. I did a little work in Ipswich. Hello. You might know him. Considering SGC. Oh, this isn't the Griffey one. I'm reading the wrong one. Oh, well, we'll we'll stick with you, Peter. We'll go to Griff next. Considering SGC seems to be the most strict grading company. I find that an interesting comment. What do you think of cracking high end SGC 9.5 slash 10s 
and submitting to PSA 10 or to PSA. If there was a huge value difference, I like it. If not, I don't know why you'd do it because it's going to cost you a few hundred bucks. But yeah, if there's a ton of value there, sure. There is a play if there's value. There's Yeah, there's, there's certainly some that make sense. Absolutely. But the real question is, do you think PSA is actually, or SGC is actually the strictest grading company because we keep hearing how much PSA is limiting the PSA 10s. Now, granted, they say they're not, but PSA does seem to be I giving think, out less I tens. think SGC is the most consistent. Consistent? St- strictest? Sure. I don't know. Yeah. So you may be cracking it open to find yourself with a PSA 9. So. Oh, absolutely. And you may you may sub a PSA 10 to SGC that comes back a 9. I, you know. Yep. There, okay. There's a bunch of that crap that goes back and forth. I trust their grading process as much as any, more than anybody's, quite frankly. Okay. So, yeah. That's um, why I'm putting my Brady's in SGC holders. I'm going to try to put that Bill Russell in an SGC holder. That's why almost all the most valuable cards of all time now, SGC holders. I know the ultra-modern resale on a LaMelo Ball rookie isn't as high yet. Okay, I'm not buying a LaMelo Ball rookie. I'm not too worried about that. Let's jump over to the Griffey question. Rob Meadows, what's the best Griffey rookie to go after, in your opinion? Upper Deck, Fleer, thoughts? So if you're on a fixed, like a limited income to a degree, go with the Upper Deck. Whatever grade level you can get, because that is the most, most iconic you know, I have $100 to spend. Will that get you a PSA 6 or 7 upper deck? I don't even know uh, what the grade, the values are. I know like a 10 is thousands now. But um, if you have a lot of money and want to play around, to me, there's two. There's the uh, Flare Glossy, which is the same card. Literally just has a different finish on the back. Super hard to find. And the Tops Tiffany. Same thing. Just a very SP, different shade on the back. Those are the two most... Those two are printed only a fraction of the count of anything else. So those are the two I'd go after. Okay. Uh, one last question. Isla Fishman is back. I, I really hope I'm pronouncing Isla. Uh, I got Ilya? the jersey from him. Ilya? I-L-Y-A. I got to get that right. Um, bring out that jersey. While I'm asking the question, his question is, Al- oh, audience, you're going to love this jersey. It They're is green. It has USF on it. On the back, it says Russell, and there's a number six. It looks really good. I thought you were going to wear it. You're a liar. I know. Do you know who that is? Bill Russell? Yep. Okay. I mean, I mean that one, if I got that one wrong, that would be rough. We've been talking about it. It would be, but it wouldn't be like, oh, man, you got it wrong. <laughs> I got to get close to my mic. Sorry. No, we can hear you. You sound great. Alec Bohm, give up or hold on. What are your thoughts? Hold. Had a bad season. Super talented kid. Hold for next year. And Philly's got a good team. Not only would I hold him individually, I think that team has some upside. So hold the kid till next year. I would say I've had it my way this entire episode. And you stopped playing games with my heart a long time ago. I feel larger than life. You missed this one question that I was hoping you were going to get. Let me oh, let me find boy. it here. Oh. Give me just a second. Why don't you talk about something interesting while I find this? Um, okay, good. We're good here. Adam Wallace. <laughs> Mike Geo, how does it feel to know that Jesse is the one who carries the show? That was my favorite question of the week. <laughs> That's a uh, nice And then for next comment. week, we're going to do this too. Jordan Joseph, talk about some of these guys that don't have as much hobby love. Add to the sheet, please, Larry Fitzgerald. That's a guy Larry I actually want to talk to. Add him with like the Bonds, all those. And add Yelich there too. We'll talk about a couple of those guys. Um, NFL starts soon. I'm getting excited about that. When does that start? Oh, here you go. Thursday, September 9th. Bam. So that is, yeah, a week from Thursday. 
Oh, that's exciting. That'd be cool. And then you have the MLB playoffs start heating up not too long after that. So, yeah, well, actually, we've gotten through. This is kind of the dead time of sports almost. We've almost feel terrible. made it. Good thing there's so much, like, the biggest news in the hobby during this time really oh, helped to keep us afloat. And you know what else? I Simmons, if you're listening, if you haven't given up after an 80-minute show, um, there's that top 75 list coming out in October at the start of the basketball season. Once that list release, I would like to have, we should do, like, a thing with Bill. Oh. We should do a two-part series, Bill. So I'm pitching to you right now. Does that mean he has to be on two episodes? You think he's going to sign two? Totally up to him. Okay. Overrated, underrated on that list in terms of hobby value. There we That's go. That's we discuss. And I'll just be there to listen and learn. Yeah, you're not. You're out on the <laughs> bullshit. show. After he was harsh that one time. No, I love Bill. No, no. Bill and me are best friends now. So hopefully on Thursday we have Jason Flynn back from United Soccer Cards. United Soccer, something soccer. I want to talk about the implications, and we'll look up some info on those guys that got traded. Uh, we'll get some live, we got some couple things coming up this week. We're doing a couple other podcasts. Uh, we'll, we're going to try to get as much of that uploaded on our own social as we can. So, uh, especially the sports cards nonsense YouTube, do that. Got some other crap in the works. We'll talk about as we can. Anything else? Ah, uh, just feeling alive and fresh. And thank you to everyone for all your kind words. And I apologize for everybody who listened to the audio because Ronick's going to find out I had a cough drop in my mouth the whole time, and I'm pretty sure it made a lot of noise. Thanks for listening, folks. Good to have you back. Sports Cards Nonsense brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. Make sure you listen on Spotify. And if you don't listen there, listen anywhere else in the world that you want to. I do not care. So listen to Spotify. <laughs> Go to right. Spotify. See you Thursday. Bye. Bye. Bye.